1: They're trying to make him look more like Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone grown up. I feel like it's getting worse, not better. Or it's like now that I've seen it. You can't unsee it. I can't it. unsee it. Yeah. Cuz here at the Super Bowl, and uh, yeah, this is you're within the four-foot bubble, which means i hit a fair you. game to punch you. I love you. it. Thank you. Uh, yep. This guy's an You're a sir. How are you?
2: Good. How are you? You been making any drug references to my name? In-
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he stole the Lombardi trophy that was here. I did not he take it. He took it. It's back at I the hotel. We're I screwed. have an alibi. I don't know what they're going to do to give to the Super Bowl champion. I traded that's it for a how case of so one. Time to go drinky, drinky, smoky, smoky. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Here we are. It's Tuesday, live from Super Bowl 56, or Wednesday morning if you're watching the program. I'm all messed up. It's, I I it's totally screw right now. I would never be able to survive on West Coast time. I, I do you get used to it at some point? I you're don't constantly taking you three hours off. behind, adding, right? It, it's it's feel it, out of the know. Yes, everything. I know. I, and and I'm constantly messing myself up, like Central Time. I, I had a. We're doing the show
2: the day before, and all in messes.
1: Dallas earlier today, and it's like, do I add two hours? Do I take two hours off? What do I do? Yeah. Um, so anyway, all we know is we're here right now. That's all that matters. You do get used we're here to it right now. I do because I lived in Denver and I got used to it. I a would never. Bit. I don't think I would ever get used. So, to it. It's yeah. 2:02 p.m. Pacific time. 5:00 t. 2 p.m. East Coast 502? time. 5:02. Beat that! It's been a long day. It feels like we've been here all day too. And we have. Sunday and Monday, we just kind of showed up, did the show, and left. We've right. been here for at least since 9:30 this morning. Five hours. Yeah, nine, or yeah, 9:45 yeah, this morning. Right. We're here for two more hours, though. Two hours live to get you up to speed with everything that's happening in the NFL and as it relates to the Super Bowl, which is only five days away. Hello to everyone watching on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 85. And we are still live every night. Sky Sports UK, Sky Sports NFL in the UK and Ireland. It's something like that. They they know who we mean. <laughs> but uh, welcome in and enjoy the program. Crap ass and piss. I saw a bunch of English, you know, you know, UK
2: people around, and they're, they're I, they love bringing up the show. They're they're big fans. They're deprived. They are deprived, they're right. deprived
1: right. of NFL coverage. It's right. not saturated like it is here. So. Yeah. For whatever reason, they put us on the air over there, which, hey, you, you, you should have known. Hey, 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 Sky Sports, you should have known before you ever put us on. Now it's too late. There's well, too many people too that like this. show. And I used to be the guy you had to worry about the language with, but now you're, you're the one.
2: You're the guy that's now. you know. But I say the
1: words that they bleep that they shouldn't. Right. You say the words that they should bleep but they don't. It is weird. You'll slip on through. I I don't understand that either. I don't. I want to
2: test the waters right now,
1: but I won't. I'll let it be. (laughs) Here's Tom Brady with some things he said last night that will not need to be bleeped, but may induce some people who follow the NFL to utter some words that would need to be bleeped. (laughs) Here he is on the possibility that his retirement isn't really a retirement.
0: I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's, the best way to put it and I, I don't think anything never you know you never say never and you know at the same time I know that I'm very I feel very good about my decisions so I don't know how it feels six months from now may change it most likely won't but you know I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment which I did this last week and again I think it's not looking to you know reverse course I'm definitely not looking to do that um, but in the same time, I think you have to be realistic that you never know what, what, what challenges there are going to be in life. And, um, again, I love playing. I'm looking forward to doing things other than playing.
1: Um, I really don't want to do this for the next five years. I really don't, but he look. Before all this talk of retirement came up just two weeks ago. Yeah. He had made it clear throughout the season. He's playing through 2022. And right. he said on at least two different occasions, I never want to turn on a game and say, man, those guys suck. I could still do it. And he's going to turn on a game. I'll definitely say that. And say that. Because he had over 5,000 passing yards in 2021. No doubt. He set the single-season record for completions. He can still play at a high level. He's got the arm. The question is, can the rest of the body keep up with it? Right. I mean, is it crazy to think he'd take off a year and come back? That's not crazy. That's I, not crazy at all. I, I mean, I, it's not crazy,
2: not with him and the way he's, his lifestyle is. I think that would be a whole year off, though. That would be, to me, different than all of a sudden he's back at 46. You know, I, I, we, We've hit all this, right? I mean, I do think the family thing, I do think his body's beat up. You know, again, I'm watching a video of him this week. He's on David Beckham's boat. He's wearing a knee brace walking around the boat. I mean, he's wearing a knee brace. Which on knee? Naked, on the right knee, I believe. Ooh, ooh. Right. Right. I got to look at it again. I if had a sure. knee injury
1: all year long that they lied about well, like last year. Maybe,
2: but he, we know he's been beat up. His left knee last year, know, remember? Like, it was the plant yeah, leg. Right. So, like, hey, he's he's been a long career. He has been beat up. It's got to be catching up to him degree. I do think the family thing's real, and he wants to be a good dad and, and husband and all of that. But also here, like, here's the way I could see it happening. I don't think he's just going to go back to anybody. But I look at this year's Drew Brees scenario, right, where you and I both know Drew told us flat out. And they lost Taysom Hill. Simeon was hurt. They went, oh, no, we need quarterback. And... There was, what was that, week 14, week 13, somewhere in there, right? It was around Christmas time. Right around Christmas, so he might have been a little later than that, where they put out the bat signal. Uh-oh, we might need Drew. We need you to get out here to help us end the season and get into the playoffs. If New England called last year, let's say they're sitting there 12-3 and 3 and Mac Jones gets hurt with two or three games left in the year. Those are the ones, or even Tampa, whoever their starting quarterback is next year. Two places that he's got some comfort with, knows the system, like, that's where I can maybe see it happening.
1: This is where it also gets interesting from a transaction standpoint. Last week, the Buccaneers did not make a move with Tom Brady. He's yeah. still on the roster. Right. It's 90-man roster now, so it's not like you need the spot. Yep. At some point, they'll have to make a move. And it could just be they're waiting until after June 1, like they did in New Orleans with Drew Brees last year, to manage the cap hit better. Right, right. But after June 1, do they put him on the reserve retired list? Or do they release him? That becomes critical because if you're on the reserve retired list, after a certain point, you can't come back. You can't come back. Now, you could be released from the reserve retired list and pass through waivers, but that becomes a complication. I think Tom Brady should want to engineer it so he gets released by the Buccaneers after June 1. So if he ever does want to come back, he doesn't have that extra hoop to jump through. That's going to be a very telling transaction the moment the buccaneers remove him from their current active roster which he is still a part of does he go to reserve retired or does he go free and clear go wherever you want sign with whoever you want to sign with i think that will be a factor too because look it didn't it, it didn't seem impossible that he wasn't trying to set up the opportunity to go somewhere else next year oh that's what, what I'm if shocked the 49ers even said it. what if the 49ers put out the bat signal for him i I, I I
2: hear you. I, I mean, maybe that again. Yes, I don't think I don't envision it like if it's bat signal in training camp. I don't think that's going to happen. Like I, that's where I just go. I don't think he's going to want to deal with all that again. All oh, I got to leave the family, but for a limited amount of time, I guess that's the way I look at it a little bit more. Uh, that that's where it's a little different. But I think your point there is real. You know, and, and that's a good thing to look out for as far as the reserve retired list.
1: Mike Tarico was pinch hitting for Peter King in. June or July of the 2021 offseason, and he talked to Drew Brees, and one of the things Tarico asked in that column that he wrote was whether or not Brees would come back this year. And Brees said, even then, I'm already learning, you use it or you lose it. How quickly you get out of football shape. How quickly you lose your faculties of yeah. being able to throw the ball the way you want to. So if Tom Brady is going to leave the door open for that, doesn't he have to continue to spend time throwing, spend time doing all the things. Everybody just assumes he's going to get full-on dad bod and quit eating avocado ice cream. No way. you know. But but if he's thinking about something like that, he's got to stay in shape. You in football to, shape. A little bit. So he yeah. could quickly fire up the engine and be ready to go. I, I, I would think so. I don't think he's going to
2: leave being in shape too far behind no matter what. I just think that's the kind of human he, he is where it you know, a lot of these quarterbacks, uh, you know. Again, I'm not trying to put. That's the way I am. I don't know. There's a lot of other quarter. Drew Brees is. He's still training to a degree and staying healthy. We see him. He's still fit as hell. Um, so I, I would think he's going to stay somewhere, at least in the vicinity of being in shape, throwing and all that. That is something. Yes, that's going to be a telltale. Like, I can speak from experience with my own father. Ready, right? my dad is the first salary cap casualty really in, in NFL history. That next year, I was that guy for my dad. I was in eighth grade. We would go over to the field, and he would throw footballs with me because he was keeping the door open. The Browns were calling. The Jaguars were calling. The Arizona Cardinals were calling. And that's what he did to stay in shape. Now, yeah, but that takes a little effort, and that's that's where I just don't know. I'm shocked Brady said that yesterday. I'm shocked because now he's not going to hear the end of it. We're going to be talking about this all the time. Anytime his name comes up or anybody gets hurt, Anybody gets hurt in training camp, Tom Brady's going to hear about it because he left the door open. But yesterday. don't you think that's what he wants? I guess so. You're in, but you're not really in. I, I, but that's where I don't understand it. So then you're I don't out, know. Out, but you're not don't really retire.
1: out. I don't. I just. Uh, that's where I'm just a little bit like, why? Well, why even say it? But okay, so we'll we'll see. I, I really do think, and we've heard enough from him in recent years regarding the balance he's trying to strike. And and nobody's been away from their family as long as him. Nobody has kept going the rate that he has been going for this many years. He's been doing it for 22 years. He's got a family that is growing up before his eyes. He's the centerpiece of the family. His work takes over everything. And I think that his wife got to the point where she won. It was a tug of war. It was a constant source of stress. We all have issues like that in our relationships where there's, there's some issue, whatever it is, whether it's a job you're going to take, whether you're going to move, whatever it is, there's that source of tension that eventually the other side of the relationship is going to win. And I feel like she's won. You know, what else do you have to prove? What else do you have to do? Sure. And so she gets a year with Tom at home and then maybe, maybe she needs to see how miserable he is while well, he can still do it. And it's like, okay, you know, like, Adrian, when she comes out of the coma, I want you to do one thing for me. Win. I know. Dong. I know. That music is kind of playing, so I feel like it's Rocky music well, constantly. Like here. i here. My right God! But uh, it, it is distracting. It is. I wonder if they could turn it up a little louder because I'm having trouble. I don't, I don't it. think Arizona can hear it. So That's they
2: need good. It's uh, a little too loud. Arizona. Yeah, the next day oh, over. Oh, I I was was it's that say, far. Gonna, it's that loud. For yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I get you now. Got me. But maybe after a year of it, she she's like Adrian coming out of the coma and says, "Go back and do it," because you know what? Of all the things you've done one thing you haven't done right. is taking a year off and come back right. and had to Super deal ball. with your
2: husband or, or have to deal with your husband for a year that's, that's at home too. who's
1: frustrated hey you know that's a real thing once i started working at home yeah my wife at one point said to me isn't there somewhere you can go yeah it's like sorry i work here i now. I, I, I hear
2: you i think that's a that's a real thing you know the one thing i always say you know Everybody go well. He's you know he's been around away from the family and all that. There's no job that has better hours than playing quarterback in football or being an NFL football player. There's no job that exists. You know, that's where sometimes when people go well he's he's done this and you know blah blah blah. I want to go. I know, but everybody thinks the next job they're going to be in is like going to be easier. And then you go, and then all of a sudden Drew Brees finds out. Well, I got to fly all these places and do all this every weekend and all that. Oh crap! It's I'm, I'm actually away from the family now more than I was when I was playing. So there is that moment too. Now I don't expect him to be doing much here this first year, so he will be around. Well but 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 maybe that's business interests but it's
1: very easy when you are caught up in the bubble of a season. It is very easy to manage any and all other demands on your time. Like, hey, we we want you to do this. Well, sorry, I got practice, or we want you to do this. Yeah, sorry, I got a game. Now he's open. Schedule's open, wide open. He can do whatever. Anyone wants him to do, and so you know he's got in into crypto, and he's he's got this NFT thing, and he's he's got his clothing line, he's got this, he's got that, and he's you know he's going to be driven, he's going to be competitive, he's going to look for new ways to get that rush of of, of success and victory, and I, I it's. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be and it's, it's, it's be already, a psychological struggle for him. Already, that's for sure. He's not even a week removed from the announcement of the retirement. Right. And he's already talking about coming back. Are you freaking kidding me? That's what I. And it's going to be exhausting. Saying. And it we'll, is. look, we'll cover it because it's news. And I remember when Barry Sanders retired, and we thought he's going to come back. I remember when Brett Favre retired. I and you know, at one point yesterday, Tom Brady said something along the lines of, "I don't know how I'll feel." And it reminded me of when Brett Favre went on David Letterman in late April of 2008 and said, uh, who knows how I'll feel when training camp rolls around. And it reminded me of that. And that was when I knew Brett Favre's coming back. Yeah, right. He's coming back. Right. Once you get to July, you're not going to be able to stop him from doing it. Right. So good luck. Good luck keeping Tom Brady from playing for someone. And, and me. May- i don't know. I. I still think he wants to finish his career with the 49ers. I still think he does. Yeah, I I, I don't doubt that. And and between Rodgers and Brady, you know, Rodgers has more than one year left in the tank. Definitely. I could see Brady going for one year to San Francisco. Trey Lance continues to develop, and Kyle Shanahan goes all in and tries to win a Super Bowl. Be football, interesting. Right? That I mean I do think that's one scenario maybe Brady would think
2: about like legitimately. But he wanted it 2 years ago I and know, they didn't no, want it. I him. know, I know. Nobody wanted to believe me. that I was telling everybody it was the 49ers of the Bucks, right? And for the same reason, I knew that. Everybody it's just funny. I'm like like we're going down memory lane. Remember that everybody thought Kyle was telling me everything. I want to go no there's people in Brady's inner circle that talk too much. And they do. Just like we saw here with the retirement talk. There's there, there's too much chatter there. And things always get out. And it wasn't Kyle Shanahan where I got that information from. But nonetheless, back to the point is, is it you're right? Here we are. I don't know why he said it. I would imagine maybe his wife is annoyed with him today going, why did you say that? Like, because now every time a team needs a quarterback, you've left the door open. The 49ers probably will call this offseason maybe if they don't feel like Trey Lance is quite ready to go yet. Or there's going to be a team or two that's going to call. And, yeah, to me, uh, that's where it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see.
1: Once the quarterback carousel starts to spin and yeah, teams be are left, left off, it's like, oh, you know, well, 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 we wanted that guy. We didn't get him. We wanted that guy. We didn't get him. Hey, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady sounds like he's not fully retired. Exactly. So, so look, as, as somebody who owns and operates a media outlet that focuses on the NFL, I'm not complaining. But I'm just saying get ready because he dropped the turd in the punch bowl pardon me but that's what he did it's yeah. there it's floating yeah. right it's floating Right. and and it's gonna Great be visual. there it's not going anywhere Wouldn't you come up with something sorry. better than that sorry i mean damn. i didn't come up with the saying uh, i just took it to the next logical extreme i mean when you when you drop it in it either floats or it sinks it's uh, floating thank
2: you thank you <laughs>
1: <I> just, <laughs> um, sorry sorry we're getting loopy and it's only our third day yes. doing this out here all right let's change gears yes Houston Texans introduced Lovey Smith as the new head coach. Here's Smiths from his press conference earlier today talking about the issue of racial diversity when it comes to NFL head coaching positions.
0: Well, I don't know enough about the laws. This is what I can speak on. Um, I realize the amount of black head coaches there are in the National Football League. It's Mike Tomlin, and I think there's me. I don't know of many more. Um, so there's a problem. I mean, it's obvious for us. But after there's a problem, all right, what, what, what are you going to do about it? There's a lot of different talk on how and what you should do. But I think it always comes down to action a little bit. I, I see Pep Hamilton right here, and I see his color, and he's going to be calling plays for us. And maybe it's, it's, it's about getting guys in a position for, for people to see exactly who they are and what they can do. I understand the problem, and I know the Houston Texans are doing something about it to make it better.
1: And hey, hey, look, that's good. It's appropriate. But yeah. I'll tell you what, without the Brian Flores lawsuit, it's Josh McCown giving that speech today. I guarantee you, it's Josh McCown giving that speech today, not Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith got that job because Brian Flores filed the lawsuit. They couldn't hire Josh McCown. They still wouldn't hire Brian Flores more on that in a minute. And Lovey Smith, compromised candidate. Right place, right time. He gets another opportunity to coach an NFL team. But that's reality. Now about Pep Hamilton, it's encouraging because I think one of the problems is there aren't enough play callers. There aren't enough offensive coordinators who are black because that's how you get your pathway yeah. to a head coaching job. Right. Well, and then the, the problem with that, Except though, if you're Eric Biennium. Or
2: Brian Levwich, want to go, well the guy just just coaching a 44-year-old to be on fire for two years, but he doesn't get a head coaching job. That's where it's a, it is messed up. I don't know how they're going to fix this problem. I don't. Again, I don't think owners are going, oh, I'm doing this. This is not a racist decision. It's just it's about the comfort zone a little bit like we've talked about. And it's again, not
1: conscious. It's bias, not it's conscious. It
2: is. Exactly. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. You're exactly right. And it's just that, that, you know, again, who's surrounded, who do they talk to. And the NFL's again, is deep-rooted, and it's it's white roots that way. And it's, it is an issue. There's no doubt about it. I'm with you there. I like Lovey Smith to hire in a lot of ways, which is still weird to me though. He seems like a default hire, right? I mean, that's that's what I keep coming back to. It really was not even in the on anybody's radar that Lovey Smith was going to be the head coach of the Houston Texans they, ten days ago. They've known who their three I finalists know, were. That's where it's And he wasn't one of them. It's it's unreal. So yeah, he's worthy of being it. He is going to be a good stabilizing presence. But I also can, within that, ha- have the same feeling of, I don't, what is Houston doing? What's the future here? I, Josh I McCown. I guess two years. No. Josh McCown in I two years. I guess, So we'll see. I mean, is Josh McCown going to definitely be on this coaching staff? I think it'll probably go that way. I don't know. I, but there look, you at go, some point, I wanna At some, go some point, he's got to work on a staff. I, I got to think that. And then they're going to have him, what, underneath Pep Hamilton? And he's an outshine Pep Hamilton? So I already see issues on the horizon if he does under, and get into that staff. But – uh, yeah, Texans are just a little head-scratching right now. I don't know what other, any other way to say it.
1: And w- we said this earlier in the day, and we may have said it yesterday. I think that if they had known what was going to happen with Brian Flores and the lawsuit and it was going to keep them from hiring Josh McCown, they would have just kept David Culley and wait a year. And then hire Josh McCown. Then I think they're determined to eventually hire Josh McCown. And, yes, it would be useful for them and for him if he would take a job on the staff and actually get some experience that way. And it will be awkward yeah. if he does. Yeah. Because everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows. Number one, he would have been a coach this year but for the Brian Flores lawsuit. Right. And number two, it isn't going to be Pep Hamilton as the next coach. It's going to be Josh McCown. And that's just the reality. So um, Brian Flores was not hired, obviously. And I, I, I was convinced they weren't going to do it. Now, one of the reasons I believe they weren't going to do it is because he filed the lawsuit against the NFL and three specific teams. And he made in his 58-page complaint some specific allegations about the way the Texans treated David Culley. I knew they weren't going to hire him. And most people look at it and say, yeah, they weren't going to hire him because of the lawsuit he's filed. Here is Texans general manager Nick Casario earlier today talking about whether and to what extent the Flores lawsuit affected the decision to not hire him.
2: You know, I've known Brian a long time. You know, personally and professionally, I have a lot of respect for Brian as a coach and a person. You know, he was a part of this process. He's been a good coach in this league for a number of years. You know, part of my responsibility was to spend time with as many quality candidates as possible, and Brian was one of those. As it pertains to the individual lawsuit, I would say from the beginning of when we started our process, call it, you know, January 14th to now, There was multiple conversations throughout the course of, I would say, the last few weeks with a a number of different candidates, and that was pretty fluid. I think this process in and of itself is very fluid.
1: They can't admit that the lawsuit had anything to do with it. That, that is the silver bullet. If right. they would say anything that directly or indirectly suggested that the lawsuit has anything to do with it, a lot of people think that it's fair game. Well, of course I wouldn't want to hire somebody who's sued one of my partners or sued my broader business. but. You're not allowed to do that. You can't retaliate against people who exercise their legal rights. And he clearly has viable and valid legal rights of based course. upon things the NFL has said after they said his case is without merit. Yeah. Everything after that shows that it's valid. It is merit. And the second lawsuit is often stronger than the first one yeah. because it's easier to get a jury. Once they understand that you can't shun someone because they've exercised their rights, it's a no-brainer because it's just about proving that his lawsuit is contributed in whole or in part to the decision. Once you start looking at text messages, emails, once you start questioning Jack Easterby and Nick Casario and Cal McNair under oath, with aggressive interrogation, you end up, I think, weaving together enough testimony where you can show it was a factor. Right. And I, of
2: course it was a factor. Of course it is. I mean, we know it was a factor. Yes, they're not going to say that 100%. I mean, you stated it clearly. Uh, it, it, it's... it's Brian Flores has brought attention to a situation that everybody knows needs attention. He just—he's the guy. Was the martyr? Is the martyr the right word there? Martyr. I think right. martyr. He is—he's that. And I think because of that, though, that's where I still go back and I just go. I think Brian Flores will get another job in the NFL because the NFL is going to want to make this look right. And you got to find an owner. Who's and the owner, I think, at some point will get behind it and go, "Wait, he. This guy's right. He's right. There's a real issue." oh, how dare he come to us and, you know, slap us around with the truth. Oh, no. What a jerk that guy was. I mean, this is a real issue. And I think between that and an owner having compassion and realizing, wait, he's right, and then you add on the fact that he is a damn good football coach. Everybody, he's one of the best defensive minds in the game. I mean, we talk about how many – a few times this year, right, where you're like, why doesn't everybody do that defense Brian Flores does? We got seven guys – seven, eight, eight nine guys up there. Where's going, right? Because it's hard to coach. It's creative. A lot of teams are trying to emulate it, but you got to be sound in doing it. You can't just go, hey, that looks cool, but we're going to leave this area wide open, or if they run the ball here, we're screwed. So he does it the right way, and I think that his – he will get a job again. It's just
1: not going to be this year. I fear that he won't. You do? Because – A couple of reasons. But first of all, he's made some strong accusations. He has. And when you accuse one of the owners of offering $100,000 for you to deliberately lose games, that's hard to come back from. When you accuse John Elway of being hungover and the rest of the Broncos contingent being hungover, number one, you better be able to prove it. Number two, that's a strong accusation. The accusations he's made against the Giants, that basically Bill Belichick is a puppet master for who the Giants are going to hire as head coach, and they issue a strong statement in response. The allegations in there about the Texans—that David Culley was fired when he shouldn't have been—that this philosophical differences baloney is baloney. See, and 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 there's an extra point. What happened last night? The lawyers for Brian Flores issued a statement, and they said that he didn't get the job, obviously because of his lawsuit. Now, I don't know that you do that. I don't know that you gain anything from that. You know how you gain from it if you're Douglas H. Wigdor or John, I can't even begin to pronounce his last name, and I'm sure that's something like that. Uh, But these guys were on CBS This Morning. They were on CNN. They were on NBC. Hey, you're the guys who are representing the coach who sued the NFL. My concern is that sometimes the ambitions of the lawyer overpower the interests of the client. I I was on Mad Dog earlier, and he's going to join us later in the program, Chris Russo. And I articulated for the first time, one thing that has bothered me. I don't want to criticize other lawyers. Everybody's got their own way of doing things. But I think sometimes what the lawyer wants supersedes what the client needs. And I think that Brian Flores should have waited to file his lawsuit. I think he made an emotional reaction once he got pissed off, once he found out that Brian Dayball was getting the Giants job instead of him. I think that if he had taken some time, you know, if he hadn't filed the lawsuit, Josh McCown would be the Texans coach right now. And his case would be even stronger. Maybe Mike McDaniel wouldn't be the coach of the Dolphins right now, and Brian Flores' case would be even stronger. And you give it some time, or you see if you get one of these jobs. Yeah, hey, right. maybe. Hey, hey. You know what? Before before we go crazy here, I know I'm I'm upset I didn't get the Giants' job, but I still could get the Texans' job. Right. Maybe he knew he wasn't going to get it. Maybe he knew he was a finalist just so it would look good.
2: I I feel like he had to have some signals to go. I'm I'm being used. I'm not going to get it. So the hell with it. I'm going to do it.
1: But if I'm Brian Flores and I ultimately want to go back and coach in the NFL, at some point I have to say to the lawyers, look, let's remember one thing. You work for me, and I do want to coach in the NFL again. I don't want you to poison this well to the point where, at the end of the day, we fight them in court for two years, and they offer me extra money when it's time to settle the case to not – seek or accept employment as a head coach with an NFL team. They basically buy out my future employment rights. It would not be a small number, and his lawyers would get their percentage of that number. Right. I want to be able to coach again. That's what I want. And I just feel like the way that this has been handled so far, and I hate saying this. I don't want to criticize the lawyers, but I can't help it. I've lived this, and I've, I, I've seen that You know, when you get a tiger by the tail, and when you're the lawyer and it can help your practice and it can get you more clients and you get a high-profile case and you're, you're on CNN and you're on the Today Show and you're on MSNBC and you're on CBS This Morning, that, that be, can become very intoxicating. I just hope that those folks are making decisions in the best interest of their client and not in the best interest of themselves. And I hope Brian Flores will be willing to say to them at the appropriate time, you know, run everything by me. Let's make sure that it's the right thing to do because I don't want to screw up. If I really do want to coach in the NFL again in the future, I don't want to make it impossible for a team to hire him. I hear you. He's got to be careful there. Right now it seems like
2: he gives zero Fs given. Like zero like, yes. he's willing to go
1: all in and go, okay. But that's where you need but someone to say to you, Brian, Brian, you sure? Brian, Brian you sure, you sure you don't want to be a Let's head coach? Let's give it a week. Yeah. Let's give it a week. Let's, Let's give think it a month. about this. I like what long you're doing, statute how
2: aggressive do we want to go here? Right. Yeah. We got two years. Yeah, exactly. We can I, take our time. I hear you there. That's where it, th- that is. That's strong. You know, and again, I don't know what the lawyers, if they've been given the green light to just do whatever, or if they do run things like that. I think they like want that. the green light. that's sure. That's what
1: I'm saying, and I'm trying to be diplomatic about it, but I think the lawyers may have, may have taken advantage of his anger, his justifiable anger, and instead of telling him, let's calm down, let's give this a break, let's wait a little while, and—
2: Maybe they just feel like, you know, something that we brought up with other subjects. Hey. Maybe they just know that the flames are hot and they got
1: to say the this. pressure on. Let them. me also say this. And I don't want to oversimplify things here, but I, but I will say this. To the extent that it seems like those lawyers dropped everything to throw these papers together and get it filed, because it sure looks like that, didn't it? They dropped everything and put these papers together. This is a long complaint and everything got... I, I, I would kind of rather be represented by lawyers who don't have the time to drop everything and focus only on my case right now. I'd like to think that they have maybe some trials or other stuff on the docket, and and I don't know enough about their schedule, but really good lawyers are busy. And really good lawyers are too busy to drop everything to throw together the Brian Flores complaint right now and get everything filed right now. And I've seen nothing in any of the arguments suggest that anything's amiss. But, But if anything... You're, you're very busy and successful. Lawyers are going to be like, "Well, Brian, I know you'd like to do this right now, but you know, I've, I'm kind of spoken for for the next six months, and 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 that would have better suited his interests." And I apologize to the lawyers whose names I already can't remember, but but that's part of the reality too. If you're really busy as a lawyer, you don't have time to throw this thing. Got it? Feels like it got thrown together few days, pretty damn quickly. It seems that
2: way. I mean, Mike, listen, you know, you you know more than me on these subjects, certainly. I hear you. There things that I haven't even thought about. And maybe they about, stayed really. up all night. Maybe they stayed yeah. up all night and did it. Also, maybe, they,
1: maybe they burned the midnight oil and worked all weekend and well, were fully committed while they're otherwise juggling 50 plates. And if so, bravo. Well, that's
2: where I was going to go. Maybe this is such a landmark thing that even, I, and again, I know nothing about these lawyers. I don't know how successful they really are, but this might be such a big thing to where they go,
1: wait, this can change our practice forever. We are going to drop everything. All the more reason to say to Brian Flores, are we sure we want to do this right now? Because at a minimum, unless he was trying to help other black coaches get hired, because from a PR standpoint, it puts them in a box and they feel like they have to make minority hires after this lawsuit comes out before the hiring cycle has ended. Strategically, it's in his interest to let them go ahead and screw it up again and emerge from this process with one black coach. It would have been better for him. It would have been better. And that's what you got to be thinking about yeah. if you're going to handle a case like this. So, uh, look, this isn't going anywhere, just like Tom Brady potentially coming back from retirement or retirement isn't going anywhere. And we'll see because another hiring cycle is always around the corner. Yep. And I have a feeling he's going to get passed over next hiring cycle. And I don't know when the case is going to get settled. But at some point, I think it will get resolved, whether it's going to be in court, whether it's going to be arbitration, whether it's going to be a class action. A lot of questions would be uh Figured out as we continue through 2022 and presumably into 2023. Let's take a break. When we return, a closer look at the Dolphins situation. Two and on activate. Mike McDaniel, card carrying member of Two and On. For now, we'll discuss that next
0: on PFTPM and PFT Live. At Bet Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. We're going to have an extensive professional relationship, my man. One thing I know about you is you have the ambition to be great. My job is to coach you to get all that greatness out of you. And it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be work, but I know you're not afraid of that. So um, this is is an awesome day for me, um, and I'm damn sure going to make sure that when you look back on this day, you're going to be like, damn, that was one of the best days of my career too. Okay, but I'll earn that from you. You got me? No, since you can't hear him, he's there's a camera on us right now. Since you can't hear him, he's he's telling me how excited he is, and uh, that there's no other coach he'd rather play for in the entire world. Which I thought was nice, since it was the first time I've really talked to him.
1: (laughs) How do we really know that's what Tua said? He could say anything he wanted. Tua's like, I didn't say any of that stuff. I said, who is this calling me? I don't know who you are. I'm kidding. About Mike McDaniel and Tua tonga Bailoa together joined at the hip in Miami. They made it clear after they fired Brian Flores are going all in with Tua yep. until they don't. Yeah. Look, I still don't believe they're out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I really don't. I just think they were trying to take some of the heat out of the hot kitchen After they fired Brian Flores, they wanted to create the impression they're not dysfunctional so they could hire a good coach to come in and take over. Right, and I think Brian Flores is probably
2: annoyed with some of the things that were going on within the organization. He's not the type of guy that's just going to sit silent and go, hey, wait, we're doing things the wrong way, but I'll just sit here and be quiet. I think there was issues there, and he's not the kind of guy that's going to hold back. He's got an issue. He's kind of brutally honest that way. So I think that kind of played into it as well. But I think your Tua stuff, you're exactly right. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I don't believe they're totally out of the Sean Watson thing. I do think they want to make it work with Tua. He's the number five pick in the draft. It's a pretty big asset in your organization, right? So, yes, they want to. I think they realize there's a fan base that wants it to happen with Tua. No matter what, there's a group of Miami fans that are just – doesn't matter. They're blinded. All they see is touchdown passes. Even when it's interception, they're like, he threw a touchdown pass. That's all I'm to on. But I like the hire of McDaniels for Tua and the Dolphins. I mean, of course, I know Michael Little. Been around him with Kyle Shanahan. He's really smart. Outside the box thinker. Eccentric. You know, you've heard me say Shanahan always goes run game first to start his game plans. Well, McDaniels going to be that guy, too. He's going to be run game first. And to me, that offense coming from 49ers where we've just done three years of talking about they run the ball first and the quarterback can't really carry the team. But here they were in the NFC championship game two out of three years. They can make an offense that fits Tua and Tua is more athletic than Garoppolo, too. To where, yeah, I think it makes sense. That defense, running game, Tua, they'll manage the right passes. We see Jimmy Garoppolo. He barely throws the ball down the field as it is. So they'll they will formulate a lot of that stuff for Tua, and I think that will fit him and the Dolphins quite nicely. The
1: most important thing they can do in Miami, right. if they are on board with Tua, is to get the owner, Stephen Ross, to leave them alone about potentially finding their next stand. Right. Because you know, that's where this all comes from. He's obsessed with getting a franchise quarterback, and he bounces from guy to guy, from option to option, He wanted Tua, and then Tua broke his hip. He wanted Joe Burrow. Then he got Tua. Then he wanted Deshaun Watson. He wanted Deshaun Watson. He's the one that wanted Deshaun Watson. And as I understand them, got them out of the Deshaun Watson thing, too. Well, because he wanted to have all All. the lawsuits settled. Right. He refused to go forward with the Deshaun Watson trade unless all 22 of the civil lawsuits were settled. And they were going to settle 18 of the 22. So that's that's what ultimately slammed the door. But at some point, he's just got to trust his football people to run his football team, and he's just got to enjoy the ride. But, you know, again, it's billionaire's privilege. It's it's the problem that is the common thread through every controversy that we're dealing with in the NFL. You have one person who is in charge and wants to be in charge and wants to remind everyone. They're in charge. And for Stephen Ross, whether it's I want to tank to get the top pick in the draft or I don't want to anymore or now I do want to, whatever the case may be. And that's what Mike McDaniel is going to have to deal with. And I hope that he did his due diligence, that he understands that he's stepping into a potentially dysfunctional environment yeah. where the boss isn't there. And when he is there, he's going to have some ways of making his preferences sure, known. Sure. I mean, wouldn't you I, look? I know that there's only 32 of these jobs, and when one comes your way, you're not going to say no to it. But I'd want to be damn sure that I'm not stepping into another bear trap and get fired after two or three years and then end up having to look for a new job somewhere else. I want to go somewhere where I think it's going to work for 10, 15, 20 years. I I, I know. It's just uh, you know, you said it right, though. It's hard when you just go, wait, this is my
2: chance. Who knows? Next year I might get left out offense might not do as well, also I'm not, not viewed as that guy anymore. So you kind of kind of strike while the iron's hot. That's where some of these guys are, you know, they're in tough positions. Yeah, I think sometimes there's a lot of coaches who take jobs where they, they're not in love with it, but they're just, damn, this is the only one I'm getting offered, and I don't know if I'll get another one. And that is, that is really tough. Uh, but the one thing I'll say about McDaniel and knowing him, and this is the thing I'll be watching for as we go forward, really. He, he doesn't have a huge ego, Mike. That, that's one thing, too. He's not, like, narcissist. He's not necessarily your typical NFL head coach, you know. Just, hey, you know, it's just like. No, he's, a, real, different he's a different like, guy. I like I like what I've seen from him. He's a different guy. He's eccentric. Like I said, he's an outside-the-box thinker. He's cool, though, and he knows how to talk to people and players. But it's not going to be the typical you know, sometimes you know you'll just some guys in front of the podium who'll just absolutely kill it in interviews and things like that. No, that's where he'll be a little bit different, and I think that's the number one question I've gotten from people, even walking around Radio Row. It's just like, "What do you can? What about the guy?" And you know, what you know, what people seem to question his ability or social skills a little bit because he's a little socially awkward. He's really not. He just smart. Yeah, Bill He's Belichick a more reserved. is. It? Exactly right. And that's what I've said to a few people. You don't need to be like Johnny Macho Man to be a good NFL head coach. I mean, like, you know, we've seen other guys that are, let's just say, for lack of a better way to say it, nerds or thinkers. I don't think Bill Walsh was necessarily like, you know, beers and I'm a man and all that kind of crap. I think he was like a little eccentric himself. So that means nothing and I hope people can just take it for what it is and let's see what the results look like on the field.
1: There's an expectation that the Dolphins are going to be able to hold their defensive coaching staff together, especially since Brian Flores didn't get another job. Right. Which, if they want to stay and McDaniel was comfortable with them and he revamps the offensive side of the ball, the defense was working. The defense was getting it done. Now not having Brian Flores will complicate things, but you know, th- this isn't a full-blown rebuild. No. And as you said, if Mike McDaniel can tailor an offense to the strengths of Tua Tagovailoa, minimize his weaknesses, oh, by the way, that's called coaching. That's what you do. Who do I have? What do they do well? We'll do that. What do they not do well? We won't do that. And it could work. It could. It could work. I think it can. I mean, again, you're
2: talking about a team that, you know, the— uh, Tua was an issue? Okay. Mike McDaniel will make him better. Oh, offensive line's been an issue? Well, damn, who's going to be better at building an offensive line and teaching offensive linemen how to block certain runs than anybody from the Shanahan run scheme, let alone the guy that was really closest to Kyle Shanahan? Closest. I think the most closest as far as an extension of what Kyle is as far as X's and O's are concerned. So, yeah, I look at that. That's going to be something I'm going to be interested in here too, Mike. I think you bring up a great point. And there's there's the defense is extremely talented. There's some coaches there that are still really good defensive coaches who, yeah, they're not Brian Flores, but they understand how to do things just like him and have been in New England and Bill and even on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, There's some New England guys left over. I know you want your own guys, but there might be some things you can go, well, maybe I could steal this from that offense a little bit and you know, kind of infuse it make it all work the right way. Uh, I will be interested to see who he keeps and who they get rid of in in the coaching department.
1: And, again, the Deshaun Watson talk is not going to go away until he's traded to a team other than the Dolphins. That could come back to the front burner at any time. And Mike McDaniel taking that job and hoping to turn the Dolphins into something they haven't been in a very long time, which is a – consistent contender almost 50 years removed from their last Super Bowl win. It's amazing to think how good they were in the early 70s. And really in the years since Dan Marino, they have struggled far more often than not. It's so. a
2: handful of years. I mean, right All right, so wait, well, they the last time they were in the Super Bowl was 84, right? 84, and yes. Championship games, they were in the championship game 85. Uh, when they lost to the Patriots. Correct. They, they got they got beat by the Bills at least once. Oh, one championship game through that run, right? But I think that's it, right? Yeah. They haven't been to a championship game since then. You're right. I think it was maybe the second Bills Super Bowl. It's or been third a long time. Goal. It's been a long, it's time. Been a long time. When they get to the playoffs, it's typically one and done. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been good. You're right. They had the Dan Marino, his last year. They got killed in the divisional round to by to the seven. Jags, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they have not made a run in the playoffs. You're right. In a long, long time. Uh, Nora. When, when's playoffs the last time? Was that Chad Pennington, the Dolphins? No, 2000? Gase, Adam Gase oh, took the first right, year. the Steelers with Tannehill and got 2016. hurt. Right. Matt
1: 2016. Matt Moore. Yeah. I forgot about that year. So. Ryan Tannehill got hit low by Calais Campbell right. in December. Yep. And that was when he had the partially torn ACL that they decided not to repair then. And then and it tore it in tore training it, camp. Non-contact in training right. camp. And right. that was the Jay Cutler year. Yeah. And then one more year after that, Gase was gone. Then it was Flores three years with him, and now Mike McDaniel and they keep trying to turn that team into a contender. A contender. We'll see if they do. Let's go ahead and take a break. we got yeah. plenty more to discuss. We have Justin Herbert joining us later in the program. Yeah. Chris Meg Dog Russo live on set. Eric Dickerson from earlier in the day. When we return, though, what have we gleaned in the past 24 hours regarding the Kyler Murray social media activity and the silence in the aftermath of it? More PFT live from the Super Bowl right after this. Kyler Murray changing his social media status Uh-oh. to scrub all references to the Cardinals. And look, this is how 24-year-olds operate. I was talking to my son about it. He's 25. Of course it means something. It's right. not accidental. Right. My nephew, who's a huge Cardinals fan, is all freaked out about it. Yeah. Of I mean, course it means 25-year-olds something.
2: 25-year-olds are literally like they are like this all day long. Uh, 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 Swiping Instagram. Swiping he, Instagram. Here's
1: the other side of it, too. It creates a storm of something other than sand, but also begins with S, and S H. Don't spell the whole word. By the way, I by the way, blank, blank, blank. The blank. three words that I said at the top of the show, right. none of them got bleeped. None of them got bleeped. Wow. Our, our UK or correspondents wow. say none of them got bleeped. Wow. So I'm not going to do it again. Okay. Apparently, after nine o'clock local time, it's a little loose. They let it loose a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's after Apparently. hours. But don't, B- but don't. <laughs> but let's not, let's not test it. All right, there. Okay. All right, slugger. Whether it be words that would be frowned upon here or words that would be frowned upon there. There, One that you once said that made it past the (laughs) censor. One of the worst words you could say. In, uh, in in the UK, but not yes, here. But right? not here. Yeah. yeah, there's people here. Their their last name is that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw somewhere there was someone who's that. That was their last name. Right. It's like how does that happen? Yes, I don't so, know. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, if only someone like that would end up playing in the NFL, then it would be then it would be a real problem <laughs> for Sky Sports NFL. All right. So, I've tried to get an answer, like. Please, somebody tell me that this is nothing. Some, and, and, and I've got nothing that has persuaded me that this is nothing. Right. So it is something. And, you know, I've thought about the contractual anger. It could be as simple as they've told him we want to wait a year. It's not even into numbers. Not even because it's early. Yeah, it's a little too early just, to know that yeah. you're going to reach an impasse. Right. Maybe it's just, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't get a contract after three years. Baker Mayfield, your good friend, didn't get a contract after three years. We think it's in everyone's interest to give it one more year. Right. Because, look, if they're thinking about getting rid of Cliff after next year. Yeah, right. Why do you want to make a long-term financial commitment to Kyler Murray if you're going to change coaches and you're going to limit your potential universe of coaches? Because you're going to have guys who say when it's time to interview – I don't want that guy to be my quarterback, right?
2: Like we talked about. There's going to be there's there's a teams in football that would never have Kyler Murray as their quarterback because of the, yeah, you know, like we talked about his measurables, some of those things. There's certain things you can't do with him in your offense. You're right. I, I could certainly see that being a possibility. It is a real thing. There's obviously something wrong here. It's got to have something to do with the contract. Yes, I don't know either. You know, and I fished around a little yesterday too, and nobody seems to really know anything but I think everybody does agree that it's something contract-related. Is it money, or is it the fact that, yeah, they don't want to entertain the the, the whole idea of a new contract yet? I would bet it's that, Mike. I, would, I think for it to come to, to a head this things early, going on, right. for it to come to a head right,
1: right now, right. he must have gotten the message that we want to wait a year, Yeah. and that's how he's acting out. And you don't want to find how I would. Yeah. It's like, I'm ready. Yeah. I've, I've put in my three years. Right. I've busted my butt. I've done right. everything I can to make this team into a winner. And it's time for me to get my reward. It's time for me to get paid like Patrick Mahomes, like Josh Allen, like Dak Prescott. I've waited sure. and I'm not gonna wait anymore. And uh, when they say no, then then he sends a message back to them. If it registers, who knows? I, I mean it's gotta register to a degree. You yeah, know, it, it does. They, they they gotta realize that, yeah,
2: this is you know, the best player on their team. He is their quarterback. They went all in on him in this style of play. He's got them he's got them here right now with this current team and the structure it is. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's there because of Kyler Murray, and this is what they wanted to do, and they wanted to run that type of offense and spread and RPOs and read options. So that they've gone down that, and they've went all, all in on that on the offensive side of the ball with the talent surrounding them that way. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, A.J. Green, they're built, they're not going to change into the 49ers next year and be pulling guards and fullbacks and running the ball. No, they they are what they are at this point. Hopefully, they can just add more offense to what they are. But yes, and that's where he's got him by you know the proverbial. He's got him. Okay, I didn't say it. I'm a nice The guy Big today. Kahuna. The big Kahunas. He he's got him by that. You right still now. know
1: that's not the word. Uh, it's, kahuna is not the word. Yeah. But go ahead and say Kahuna. Yo, know, what is it? So does the word? It's Kahones. Kahones. Whatever. Not yeah. Kahunas. <laughs> Different thing altogether. Now, if you're a team that's all in with Kyler Murray. Yeah. If you're one of the organizations with a coach that says, this is our guy, what's he worth? Is he Dak Prescott, $40 million? Or do you, I, do you need another year? See, I think I need another year. I would say, I would
2: like another year. I'm, I'm with you there. I would like to see another year. You know, again, we, we've talked about it. There's a lot to like. We know how dangerous he is, and he's, he's awesome. But we've seen here really three years in a row where the offense is sputtered out, he sputters out, Teams get used to defending them and now like you said yesterday, we we're talking about the Rams playoff game. You went, he couldn't run a lick in that game. He couldn't run a lick.
1: Two and carries for six yards.
2: Two carries for six yards. And when he got outside of that pocket, that Rams defense ran him down so fast it was scary. They were all over him. So I understand them wanting another gear. I do. There's some there's some area, but I can also put myself in his shoes and go, No, I think I need I need to I need a new contract. I get, I get that you know I, I can see both sides of the story here but yes if I was running the Cardinals I think I'd probably want to see another year as well. You know, they probably are looking a little like, hey, we, we've traded to, to get DeAndre Hopkins for you. We're paying them huge money to do that for you. We've gotten some offensive linemen in here. You know, Chandler Jones, he wants more money. They got they got some things they got to figure out here. They just paid Buda Baker to be the highest, one of the highest paid safeties in football. So I'm sure there's things that they're trying to kind of get their ducks in a row, too, before they're ready to jump into this conversation with uh you know, Kyler Murray about new contract. And I, and I think that's, you know, how I would look at it if I'm the Cardinals. I would want to wait a little too.
1: And yes, he was the first pick in the draft in 2019, but it's a different world than it was when Matthew Stafford and Sam Bradford were the last two first overall picks, 2009-2010, without a rookie wage scale. Kyler Murray got a $23.5 million signing bonus in 2019, but his total compensation for 2022 is due to be just under $5.5 million just under $5.5 million. I know he got the big signing bonus, the four-year, $35 million contract, but you have quarterbacks making more than $35 million for one year now. And he's got to look around and say, I'm as good as some of these guys, at least in the right offense, sure. at the right yeah, time, when I'm healthy, right. when I'm healthy and effective. So I I think after having a chance to, to really let it sink in, it's not about they've reached an impasse in what he's worth. No. It's about... They want to wait year. They haven't a year, even got there and he's, yet. And he's upset about right, it. Right, right. And, and, and,
2: you know, he's going to look at it and go, well, what about Josh Allen? You know, like you said. But Buffalo, we know, is sold on Josh Allen. There was no, I mean, they were sold. I mean, I know I was sold, too. And I mean, Josh Allen's, you know, the year he had last year to get the contract in year three of his career was MVP-ish. If it wasn't Aaron Rodgers throwing for 48 touchdowns and four interceptions, Josh Allen's the MVP of football. I mean, he was amazing last year. They were the number two seed in the AFC, so that was enough for the Bills to go, wait, he's the guy. But also, too, you know, you go, well, Josh Allen is also a little more trustworthy in the size of the human being and the durability and more flexibility with what you can do with him as a player because of his size and his arm and his ability to throw in the pocket. And to me, that's where, again, I love Kyler Murray, but those are things that we still question, like we saw in that playoff game. There was... When the pocket collapses, he doesn't stand in there and go, wait, I'm still going to throw it even though I'm going to take the hit. That's where it's a little different. Now, he goes down or he tries to get out of the pocket and just run. And you go, well, but the guy was open. You got to throw it and you're going to take the hit. And that's some of the flaws of Kyler Murray. And I could I could see the Cardinals going, mate, we just like to see a little bit more.
1: And uh, he wants to see a lot more. Yeah. He wants to see it now. Well, yeah. He doesn't want to wait. So. I get it. Look. With each passing hour, with each passing news cycle, in the NFL, the news cycle never ends. This becomes more glaring because the toothpaste is everywhere. He's made no effort to put it back in the tube. And I think that just confirms there's something here. Because he knows his phone's been blowing up. Right. He knows what's going on. He knows the people are reacting. I'm sure that everyone's been asking him that he knows, what's going on with you in the Cardinals? Of course. What's going on with you in the Cardinals? Of course. And until he changes it back, that's what's going on with him in the Cardinals. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right. Um, the titans yeah sending out some uh rewards to the guys who have helped them get to where they are both coach mike vrabel and general manager john robinson signing contract extensions they haven't had a losing season under robinson they've won the afc south the last two seasons they were the defending number one seed look mike Vrabel's is one of the best coaches in the nfl he was the pft coach of the year and as far i'll tell you a funny story and I I don't know that any of these communications were off the record. If they were, he can beat me up the next time he sees me. I hope he does. I texted him congratulations when we chose him, and he said, that's fine. What do I get? And it's like, nothing? Oh, and I, I joked around and said a canned ham, because okay. that was the old David Letterman giving everybody a canned ham. Right. He said, actually, I like honey baked. So I, I sent him one. I sent oh, him one. Look at you, and then you they lost. A... So <laughs> I have a feeling. You're I have a feeling not, he's probably going go to whack me over the head with that ham bone. That's he's amazing. Gonna, he's going to save that ham bone. Look at you, you and little his pet over there. Look well, at you a little apple teacher. I like you. But you know what? like me? He probably would have rather had... That, that ham up no there that doubt. you can't see because they're blocking it and taking pictures with it. But they brought the trophy back. They found it in my hotel room. Yeah. They, they raided my hotel room. You sandbagged. They found S-O-B. the Super Bowl, and they found my weed. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no. I need to get in your room, too, then. Um, uh, this was I'm awesome.
2: All, I, mean, I mean, first off, this is what the Titans should do. You said it. Vrabel is one of the best coaches in football. John Robinson is one of the best GMs in football. I mean, they got something really good working in Tennessee. I mean, AFC championship game, you know, uh, this year, the one seed. Last year, home playoff game. Yeah, they lost to the Ravens. I know it hasn't ended the right way, but I don't even think we've reached peak potential of what the Tennessee Titans are. I mean, I think they've really just got this team and things going where they want it to go
1: now. I think it's only going to be better as we go forward. I really thought it was going to be them. Going into the playoffs, I hear you. I thought it was going to be the Titans and the NFC champion. It would not have been great, Titans and Rams together again after the '99 right. season when they played in Atlanta. Been. It would have been well, it,
2: and we saw. And I know there's a lot of hatred, or you know, oh, you know, Ryan Tannehill. That talk. I mean, that that's one of the only games Ryan Tannehill's really ever had like that in his Tennessee career. So. That's not the normal. It was a bad day, certainly. but And they still almost won. And they still almost won. But like you said, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, Vrabel's phenomenal. He's game to game. He knows how to lead men. They're tough. John Robinson knows how to follow his lead and build the guys off the way he likes it that way. They've had some great free agent sign-ins, some unbelievable draft picks. I mean, the Titans are knocking on the door of the Super Bowl. So this is cool to see, and
1: really a no-brainer getting them both back on board. When we last saw Joe Judge, he was dragging in a what's that thing called a trolley A dolly a dolly a trolley a dolly a trolley something a whole something. damn something full of beer of pizza and beer something full of yeah. beer and pizza because he was celebrating the fact hand truck we also done. i don't think it was a hand truck it was a it's a what is that thing with the two wheels and the why am i blanking on it maybe it's because i've never actually used one yeah no you have but uh, i think it's a dolly okay i think I it's know, a, it anyway. could be a dolly
2: um but who set him up with that too i still look at that Let bunch I of beer bunch of pizza. The pizza place must have set him up and said they they told somebody to take pictures. Somebody set him up. I'm going to find out because that's my hometown. I'm going to go over to that pizza place. He's
1: going to be saving the Giants some money because we talked yesterday about the possibility of Joe Judge joining the Raiders as the special teams coordinator under Josh McDaniels. Now, the Patriots have announced that Joe Judge is returning as an offensive assistant after being the special teams coordinator, but he was doing some other stuff too. And, you know, offensive assistant They like to do these vague catch-all, we really don't know what the guy's doing, like Matt Patricia. We really don't know what he's doing in New England, but he's doing something. I think Joe Judge is going to be in that same boat, and he's going to be working for free because dollar for dollar, everything he gets paid by the Patriots is going to come off what the Giants owe him by way of a buyout. New England loves free. Nobody knows how to work (laughs) the books
2: better than New England. Nobody. (laughs) They're like, what? We can save seven cents with this? Yes, let's do it. They're the It's the smallest coaching staff in football. It's the smallest front office in football. You know what I find interesting about this? You know, I thought it was going Joe Judge to be the Raiders special teams. I thought it was going in that direction. But I think the offensive assistant thing is the difference here. One of the things people complain about with Joe Judge at the Giants and – and even complain about special teams coaches in the NFL is that they can't walk into the offense and defensive room and sometimes give great ideas or add to the game plan that way, right? And I think that becomes a negative a little bit for these special teams coaches. I think he and Bill Belichick both realize that's a little bit of a negative for him. And I would bet he stays on the offense for a while and really starts to become an offensive football coach to where he can hope maybe he gets a chance once in one day you know, beef up his resume. Beef up the resume. Yeah. Wait, now I can walk in the offensive room and be the smartest guy in the room here and do something
1: of that nature. I think that's probably why he's there. And with McDaniels gone, not that he would become the offensive coordinator, but we, we, see, more what of this, path we see what this is. Yeah. It starts small, right. and then it grows if you can handle it. Yeah. And if you bust your ass. Right. And this is going to be a great test for Joe Judge. He's jumping back into an environment where it is bust your butt all the time. And he's not making another dime beyond yeah. what he was going to make working for the Giants. I respect the move. I do, too. I respect the move. And this is the way to to begin to rebuild himself to eventually work toward I think so, another right? opportunity to show that the Giants maybe should have kept him around. Yeah, we'll
2: I, I, I think so. I, listen, I, the one thing I'll always say about Joe Judge, everybody would like the guy. He would be. We would have a blast. Yeah, he didn't handle his last two or three weeks on the job in the Giants in a great way. And I think ultimately that burned his butt, that 12-minute press conference where he rambled and, you know, people think he looked like he was making excuses. And then the fourth and, you know, the the QB sneak oh, on their own seven-yard line. On a third down, that was the end. That put the nail in the coffin for Joe Judge. Because they were looking for ways to bring him back. They, they were, wanted to keep they him. They wanted to bring him back. He literally messed that up himself, there's no doubt. Hopefully he can repair himself and and grow as a coach to where, you know, he does get a shot some, somewhere down
1: the road. And, and you know what, bigger picture? That put in motion potentially the Brian Flores lawsuit. Right. Because it was that Giant's job and the smoking gun that he handed that he had handed to him by Bill Belichick that set it all off. Don't we, you we picture like Belichick waking up from a nap
2: and being like looking at his phone and being like Coach Brian? Hey, autofill uh, fail. Mabel, I've had uh Will I've, Flores Coach Brian. Yeah, you got the job. I've, can, had, I've had I've had
1: autofill <laughs> failure. I've done it before. Yeah. It's not pretty, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So yeah. uh the Giants, speaking of them. Now with Brian Dayball as the head coach, the defensive coordinator will be Don Martindale, a.k.a. Wink Martindale, a.k.a. former Ravens defensive coordinator who was fired with a year left on his contract. And we could get interesting for the Giants with Dayball on one side and Martindale on the other. I'm so pumped about what the Giants are doing right now.
2: I mean, I'm pumped. You know, I'm a Giants fan. You know, I-, I love the Giants. And... I, I'm as excited about the coaches right now as I've ever been. You know, I like Joe Judge certainly before it. I didn't dislike the Pat Shermer thing. I get that. I'm like, I'm in love with the Giants and what they're doing here. Brian Dayball is definitely one of the best offensive minds in the sport. All right. So you got that. Now he's your head coach. He's been in New England. He's been in Buffalo. He's learned from other great head coaches. And he knows how to call plays. It's his turn. Wink Wink Martindale. Damn, Mike, how many times during the year did we just go, it's unbelievable what Wink Martindale is doing with Baltimore's defense. All the people hurt, the injuries, everything they're dealing with. Wink Martindale, without question, one of the most creative, best defensive coaches in all of football. 100%. And they got a, both of these guys got an attitude that I think is, like, infectious, where players are going to run through walls or do whatever they want because they just got a way about them. And that, from that standpoint, like, man, Big Blue, the G-Men, I'm pumped to have Dayball and Wink Martindale as as the new coaches there.
1: Yeah, hey, look, sometimes it just kind of falls together perfectly. They could be in great position in a division where there really isn't a powerhouse. Yeah, the Cowboys are the Cowboys, and they have continuity in the coaching staff, but still, they tailed off down the stretch. Yeah. They're not a powerhouse, to your point. There's an opening for the Giants. There's an opening. If they get Daniel Jones fixed with Brian Dayball, the defense gets better with Wink Martindale. They don't have as much heavy lifting to do to be relevant in the division. It's going to take a while to be relevant beyond the division, but it's got to start somewhere. It starts in the division. Let's take a break. When we return... One of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. This is how I started the interview. I I knew it sounded familiar as I was saying it. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Not just young. Justin Herbert will join us when PFT Live from the Super Bowl continues right
0: after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.